with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for Week 8 in the NFL, including the Sunday and Monday Nighter. Also, we got one in jolly old England. Andy's got a sandwich game for you. I've got a Moneyline Matty pick. And here he is, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, my main man, Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. How about those fucking Chicago Bears, Pally? Well... I texted you during the game. You could tell that the uh, the spirit of George Hallis was in the building, making sure that they didn't give it up to the hoodie. Yeah, you know, he's going to get that record, but not against the Bears. Not against the Bears. It just it didn't make sense, but they played a hell of a game, man, on every single side of the ball. Well, it finally looked like Justin Fields was like, oh, you mean I can play quarterback like I did at Ohio State and make shit happen? Like, it's almost like the first few games in the in the NFL that he's had, he's, he's trying to be pocket Peyton Manning kind of guy. The reason why it looked like that, Matt, was because it was like that. And they actually literally took the training wheels off him and said, go nuts, man. You just do whatever you need to do. Well, he made Mooney and Komet and basically the rest of the offense look fantastic. And that was against a Belichick coach defense. So it's not like they were playing chumps. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. They had 179 yards rushing collectively. Um, I can't remember exactly how many were for fields, but yeah, it just loosened up the throwing game. Everything, it just, everything was clicking. The Bears lead the NFL in rushing 180 plus yards a game. Wow. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. Just uh, obviously they just dumped uh, Robert Quinn. So uh, they got their dumping salary still. They've got, I, I think next year, $135 million in cap space. So I'm expecting some good stuff in the off season. That's for sure. As long as there's uh, some decent free agent availabilities. Uh, dude, your, your Niners, uh, what happened to the defense there? That's what really shocked me. The offense put up some points. I just the oh, defense. Oh man, they were looking. They were looking very stellar uh, going into the last two minutes of the second quarter, and then. Fucking forty niners. Fucking forty Come on, nobody. Fucking. I, I don't know. You had an interception, and then you had a muff punt, and this, and then that, and then that. everything just went to shit after that. But my God, McCaffrey—they worked him into the offense pretty well, and that was with about you know one tenth of a playbook. I heard he was—he got the his hands on the playbook on the plane ride over. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard he actually like got a copy of it and was just basically trying to get as much as he could on the plane plane ride there. I mean, they weren't really sophisticated plays, just, you know, run it up the middle or, a, you know, a jet sweep or something like that. But but now it's more going to be no more nuanced and you wrinkle him in with Debo. It's it's going to be fun to watch. Um, hopefully we don't lose against the Rams. But well, and before we go into everything else, one more thing that was awesome. Mm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Shit the bed again, again. again. Again, I love it when a plan comes together. I'm so happy. I don't. I don't even know what to do with myself. Monday after the Bears won, I was like, not only is it Victory Tuesday, 
but it's schadenfreude Tuesday as well because <laughs> the Packers just got fucked again. And I don't think it's going to get any uh, better for them this week. They got a, a tough challenge coming up. Oh, Lawrence, this is the happiest day of my life. I think my testicles are dropping. Well, I got a question for you. So just so our audience knows, we record this on Thursday. So there's the game tonight between the Ravens and the Buccaneers. I wonder if Tom took Wednesday off this week as well. But I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah, he's following Giselle around to see who she's fucking. Right. I think it's Antonio Brown. Call me Mr. Big Chest. Pete Davidson. What? Yeah, I heard Pete Davidson is just slinging huge gonk. <laughs> He must be, man. He's like an ugly fucker, but that guy must have a cock that is just... Giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh, my God. It looks like a huge... Pecker! Oh, yeah. Wait. That's not a word pecker. It looks like someone's... Privates! We have reports of an unidentified flying object. It is a long, smooth shaft, complete with two balls. What is that? That looks just like an enormous... Wang. Pay attention. I was distracted by that enormous flying... Willie. Yeah. What's that? Well, it looks like a giant... Johnson. Anyway, uh, if you want to talk more comedy, how about uh, we look at the Washington commies? Um, They can't even do their 50-50 draw right anymore. So at the Jaguars game earlier this season, a Washington Commanders season ticket holder, Drew Shipley, won 14000 from the 50-50 raffle. Not only did he see a pretty rare win, but also he won quite the seat upgrade for next season. But when he went to deposit the check, it didn't clear. It fucking bounced. Uh, the PR team described it as a banking error and eventually paid Shipley the raffle winnings. Uh, now, this incident is just one of many in a long list confirming of how Dan Snyder has run this team into the ground. Post 9-11 ticket security fees, suing season ticket holders after the 2008 recession, um, those are pretty bad business decisions. I don't know how a billionaire bounces a check. I don't even know how that's actually possible. Like, how does a billionaire not have overdraft? But uh, this is a masterclass in not how to run a sports and entertainment business. So Andy went wheels up. He needed to go to Washington, and he was able to find out a little bit more. So here are the top five Washington commie fan appreciation gimmicks that didn't go over so well number five first 54 fans that show up at fedex field get to play the redskins were the only team where no player crossed the picket line to play 45 players who were not on any roster were signed in their place first day drive over here in a bus bus stops the veterans are here it was not pretty in the parking lot how about Daryl Brandy? He stands in front of the bus. He takes his fist and he breaks a window in the bus. Oh, you got it. Number four. Cowboy Monkey Rodeo Day. Everybody get ready because we're going to come all the way around. I mean, some of you might have not ever seen these monkeys up close, but I want you to feel my dream. And my dream is always to have a monkey. You also get this smoking monkey. Better cut down there, Smokey. <laughs> Number three, Ten Cent Spam Night. Oh, this is pretty weird. I heard that people in Hawaii are stealing cans of Spam and reselling them. So if you think you're having a rough day, imagine being the guy waiting on the corner for a Spam dealer. Hey, Fallon, say good night, you bum. 
And this is for laughing and looking at the camera during every sketch you've ever been in. What do you think you are, Carol Burnett? Number two. As an homage to their infamous offensive line of the 80s and 90s, they changed the name of their cheerleaders from the first ladies of football to the Hogs. First of all, they weren't fat. They were studly. The key was that they were athletic as well as being big. Everybody was kind of looking at that group, and of all things, the hogs came out. I love them hogs. I love them hogs. I love them hogs. Yeah, I love them hogs. And now, the number one Joe Theismann wobble leg day. Oh. Son, I'm afraid that leg is hanging by a thread. Lupchenko must return to game. <laughs> oh, your playing days are over, my friend. But you can always fall back on your degree in communications. Oh, dear Lord. I know. It's funny, Major. <laughs> Lubchenko learned nothing. Incidentally, the Hogs is actually the name of Pete Davidson's softball team. Hi-oh! <laughs> All right, Andy, let's fire this fucker up. Yeah, let's fire it up, Maddie. All right, our first game on the docket is in jolly old England. And I guess the NFL was like, well, England, you got one good game this year. We're not giving you another one. So we're sending the Broncos and the Jags over. Uh, Jacksonville is technically the home team. Denver, the visitor. Jacksonville sitting as two and a half point favorites. 39 and a half is your total. Um, now, this is a battle of two and five teams. Both teams also are two and five against the spread. And I think this game kind of is going to come down to many that many of the Jags are used to making this trip, whereas the Broncos aren't. And the Broncos also have a longer flight. They're based out of Denver, right? Yeah, uh, one uh, other two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing they. Uh, I think it's going to be the rushing game that does it. Both teams have pretty good passing defenses. Uh, rookie phenom Travis Etienne for the Jags. He should have a big day on the ground. The Broncos' run defense is 32nd in rushing points per game allowed, and they're allowing opposition backs a massive 4.7 yards a carry. Uh, also, Broncos' D is 31st in the league on third down. So uh, just before we get into talking about who we like for this game, I looked up Etienne's rushing total, and it's 69 and a half. And with the Broncos, the way they're playing Rush D this year, I love Etienne's total to go over 69 and a half. And I think he's a good bet for an anytime touchdown at plus 130. What do you say, Andy? Oh, no joke, man. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Those Bronco cornerbacks, uh, Quan Williams and Patrick Sertan, are two of the best uh, combos in the league. I, mean, I think they, Sertan. I think Sertan is the best corner in the league right now. Well, do you remember Smith and Atwater in the early '90s, late '80s? Absolutely. So Absolutely. it kind of reminds me of that. It's shut down. So Trevor Lawrence is not having a big day through the air so rest christian kirk if you have him on your fantasy team but you're absolutely right they're going to feed the ball to atn they've got you michael hasty behind him um i could see them running the ball 30 plus times and i don't know i don't know what we're in week eight right week eight but it still seems like it's about the 15th game that denver's had in prime time this year and you know that would be a lot more palatable if they weren't dead last in the league in points scored 
And as you say, Jacksonville, this is like a second home to them. Um, this is all new to most of the Denver players. So, you know, they're going to get have to get accustomed to the, the travel, the time difference, and, of course, the exquisite cuisine. Spotted Dick's probably on the menu for Russell Wilson if he, does, if he wants to do some serious cooking over in England. Spotted Dick, sir. What? Spotted Dick. Can you believe this guy? I'm trying to get something to use. Ask me if I got the clap. But here's a stat for you, Matthew. Denver is the first team in NFL history to have a losing record through its first seven games despite allowing less than 17 points per game. The Broncos have scored just eight touchdowns in their first seven games and zero after halftime in their last three. And their red zone offense is absolutely by far the worst dreadful red zone offense so if they can't cash in on you know first and goals I, I'm, I'm sorry if you're, you're settling for threes as opposed to sevens it's going to be a long day and i think you know if, if the jacksonville jags play a, a reasonably disciplined game and they limit penalties and turnovers i think that that should be way more than enough to uh, to cover that two and a half point spread i'm going with jacksonville yeah i'm taking the jags too uh i mean all Trevor Lawrence has to do is not throw a bunch of picks. Uh, we all know Melvin Gordon's good for a fumble or two, so I'm taking the Jags. Do you think they'll? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you think they'll let him in uh, that that stadium with that haircut? Joe Willie Namath swaggering off the field. His side burns an apogee of sculpted sartorium. The foppish follicles pioneered by Ambrose Burnside. Appomattox, 1865. <laughs> Look at them sideburns. He looks like a girl. Now, Johnny Unitas, there's a haircut you could set your watch to. Go blow the whistle that start to feed in. Line them up who's next, whose team we beaten. We rise to the top, beefing from the succeeding. Knock it down, teams. It's our job on the weekend. And to New Jersey, where the New York Jets play host to the New England Patriots. The Jets. Two and a half point underdogs at home. 40.5 is your total. Jets one and two at home. Pats two and two away. Pats three, three and one against the spread. Jets five and two this year against the spread. Um, defensive passing versus no blitz right now. I'm, I was I was doing some deep diving and I couldn't get over it. The Pats are only 17th. Jets are first. And versus the blitz, Pats 31st, Jets eighth why are the jets not getting any respect here is it the hoodie are we paying a hoodie tax here on this on this oh, on the spread a large hoodie tax and oh i can tell you exactly why we're paying a large hoodie tax uh bill belichick's record against the jets as a head coach for new england 34 and 10 and that includes the last 12 straight by the way so he's owned them so it's a legitimate tax but it's definitely a tax yeah, he won a bunch of home games in primetime on Monday night straight till the Bears showed up last week. So what do those fucking trends mean, Andy? Well, I, I, I didn't say they did. I didn't. But you know what? <laughs> I'm just bullshitting, but I will say this. Seriously, seriously, Belichick, fucking pick a quarterback and go with him already. Like, what's what's with this? Um, yeah, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. I, like, that's the last I expected to do that. Yeah, quarterback controversies take a big toll on the egos and confidence of both the quarterbacks fighting for position. 
which has an effect on their play. It also has a negative effect on the offense's morale and and also the whole team because that, the quarterback is such an important position. They're the leader. And if they don't have the confidence of the coaching staff, then the team's not going to get behind them either. This is terrible uh, for the Patriots. Um, the Jets also very interesting. Uh, there's there's a couple of key injury things I want to talk about. The Jets are not very banged up at all. They have one of the shortest injury lists in the league. And then a very key injury to look at for the Patriots this week. Uh, David Andrews is questionable. He entered concussion protocol on Tuesday. Now he's the center. And the center is the only player who touches the ball on every offensive play. Because even the quarterback doesn't do it on every offensive play because sometimes they do the wildcat or something, right? So the center is the guy. And we've talked about this a lot on this show and how much that can affect. Look, man, Pats are coming off a short week. They're on the road. They're playing a team that's clawing its way up the standings on a mission for respect. I'm fucking buying what Robert Sala is is selling. I'd buy that for a dollar. I'm on the Jets, and I'm fucking making them my money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! We're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts, and I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. You're right. Robert Sala is absolutely taking some receipts. But one injury, key injury that you neglected to mention was their running back, Brees Hall, who have effectively has been their box score for the last two games. And he's up for the season with an ACL. A kid was on fire. I, I don't know how they're going to quite replace him. Uh, they were going to replace him with James Robinson. Well, then that didn't work out either. Um well, I think Belichick's got a little sneaky Halloween trick up his sleeve. You know what he's going to do? He's going to dress up like Stifler's mom on the sideline just to distract Zach Wilson a bit. Hey, tough guy. Stifler's mom. Well, we meet again. I was curious. Didn't see you here. I try to keep a low profile. I never really did like these things anyway. This is, for me... Even though we're paying a tax, this is still a buy low and sell high situation. Because everyone remembers, most recently, the Pats getting absolutely stuffed by your Bears on Monday night. And, of course, the Jets are on a winning streak. But let's consider who they've beaten. The Steelers, the Dolphins without Tua, Green Bay in England, the, the downward spiraling Green Bay Packers in England, and most recently, Nathaniel Hackett's band of Broncos at mile high. I don't see Belichick losing two in a row at this point in the season, especially against a team he's owned his whole career uh, in a divisional match. Uh, I, I'm going to make it 13 here, and I'm going with the Pats. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. That's nasty. Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, representing for that purple gang. Now let's go get the up next to the midwest we go and uh it's not an episode of fargo it's the minnesota vikings taking on the arizona cardinals minnesota three and a half point favorites at home 49's your total so uh well andy the cards i never know which team's gonna show up 
And the Vikings, I can't make hide nor hair of them this year either because they're all over the map. They're sometimes looking like a high-flying Bills-style offense with uh, Jefferson going deep, and then sometimes they look like the Broncos' offense. So what's going on here? Well, Minnesota, as the Vikings have done for the last couple of years, they play most of their games inside seven points either way. Arizona, for some reason, seems to do a lot better on the road. But the Cards played a pretty big primetime game last Thursday against the Saints, and they looked good doing so. Next week, they play division rival and division leader, the Seattle Shithawks. Making this? It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. So the game opened at minus six and a half for the Vikings. But I guess everyone got an Arizona boner watching them play on Thursday night. But when I say that they're typically better on the road than they are at home, they're actually 0-10 straight up in their last 10 visits to Minnesota. One thing I don't like about this matchup is the return of DeAndre Hopkins going up against the fifth worst passing defense in the league. But the Vikings are coming off a bye week. So far, they're 4-0 at home this season. They've rattled off seven wins in the last eight games at U.S. Bank Stadium. Kirk Cousins is playing like an actual quarterback. Dalvin Cook is averaging over 75 yards per game on the ground. And overall, they're just a better team on paper. Uh, key injury for the Cardinals. Uh, nose tackle, Richard Lawrence, just got placed on the IR. And let's not forget, folks, that the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came out this week, meaning that Kyler Murray either spent the week distractedly playing video games into the wee hours of the morning or he spent the week sulking that he couldn't play video games into the wee hours of the morning. I would invite players from both teams to go down to the Cochran neighborhood of Minneapolis and order the Juicy Lucy. Two bars about three miles from each other on Cedar Ave in South Minneapolis both claim to have invented the burger. Matt's Bar and also the 5-8 Club. This highly contested claim to fame will reward the respective customer with a burger that is prepared by putting cheese between two patties of meat, then sealing both patties around the cheese to create a single patty with a cheese core. As the burger cooks, the cheese inside melts, and this has the effect of keeping meat near the center of the burger very juicy. It also separates the cheese from the bun, resulting in a slightly different texture than your usual cheeseburger. It's also accompanied by a seal of approval from Andy Reid. If you were going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay. 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 You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Well, and now we go to Western New York, where the Buffalo Bills play host to the hapless Green Bay Packers. Buffalo 11 and a half point favorites with a 47 and a half total. The total's not even over 50, and Buffalo is still more than a more than a double-digit favorite. That is unbelievable. The fact that the Packers are double-digit dogs, like I, don't, I can't remember when that happened the last time. This is a, a fantastic day for me. Packers are one and two on the road. Bills two and zero at home. Also coming off a of bye week. Why? Tell me why the Bills wouldn't be able to cover this spread. 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of one good reason. I really can't. Um, no, uh, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon, two touchdowns. That about in a backdoor cover. They're going to need more than two touchdowns for a backdoor cover, my friend. No, this is in you know, Buffalo. You maybe get one one passing touchdown. Um, Who, but, Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. Well, you said when, when was you know when was the last time they were uh, this much of an underdog? Do you know the last time Aaron? Uh, Aaron Rodgers was this much of an underdog? Has he ever been this much of an underdog? Yeah, I was going to say. That's how far the uh, Green Bay Packers have fallen. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. I'm curious to know what the look-ahead line was uh, going into week one for this game. Because I guarantee you it wasn't fucking 11 and a half. Oh, it would have been like Bills maybe minus three and a half. Yeah, yeah, if that. uh, Maybe minus two and a half. I don't, I just, honestly, I really do think that if he really wanted to, Aaron Rodgers could keep this competitive, but he's got no trust in LaFleur. He's got no trust in his offensive line. On average, he, he gets rid of the ball in less than two seconds per play. And he's always called, he's always audible, always audibly out of the call that was made for him and going in a shotgun. So he's not listening to any of his coaches. He's not trusting any of his players. And then he wonders why they have a losing fucking record. R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, and obviously he doesn't have anybody to throw to anyway because they don't get open. And if they finally do get open, they seem to drop a lot of passes. I Look, Buffalo has way too much in the tank when it comes to defense. Fuck the offense. Like, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do against that stifling Bills secondary, and it's in Buffalo. The cold weather's obviously not going to matter because both these two teams are, are more than used to that. But look, the Bills have a full bye week off. They're, I'm taking the Bills here, even though I think it's usually a chump thing to do is pick chalk when it's a double-digit spread, but... Uh, until Buffalo shows me otherwise, I'm I'm going with it. Well, the last time I took some long chalk was last weekend, and that was Tampa Bay against Carolina, and looked how that one worked out. That's why I picked Carolina. Yeah. Um, as much as I'll be cheering for the Bills, I just can't see Aaron Rodgers losing a primetime game by that many points. I just can't see it, and I got no... No statistical reasoning for backing that up. I just it's my gut feeling that they're going to keep it relatively close. So unfortunately, I gotta I gotta go with the Packers. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. Finally, we head to Monday night, and it's the Battle of Ohio where the Cleveland Browns play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Cleveland, three-point underdogs at home, 46.5 is your total. Now, a uh, note that, uh, well, it was just dropped right before we took this podcast up. Jamar Chase will not be playing in this game and more than likely is headed to IR. So it did move the line half a point. It was Cleveland plus three and a half. Now it's Cleveland plus three. 
Uh, Bengals two and two on the road. Browns one and three at home. Bengals five and two against the spread. Browns three and four against the spread. And uh, well, this is a proper spread for a division rivalry. And Cleveland hasn't been completely out of games, but they just can't play a full game. Well, they're not playing well in defense is the problem. Yeah. And they got jobbed by the officials last week. 100%. But let's go back to Monday. This line was at three and a half. Or sorry, it was uh, Bengals. Bengals minus two and a half. And then it got steamed up as betters quickly moved their money away from the Browns. We're on a four-game losing skid. Now it's but this line's been steamed up and down quite a bit in Cleveland. It's a it's a true Cleveland steamer. It's yeah. on fire like the fucking river. What do you want, a Cleveland steamer? Hey, I got a quick joke for you, Matty. Sure. Why do ducks fly upside down when they fly over Ohio? Why? Because there's nothing worth shitting on. Ohio. And by the way. Just for all our Ohio listeners, let me tell you, I got nothing really against the state of Ohio. In fact, I know some good people down in a town called Findlay, just off I-95. Good people. But your cops, your state troopers, are big-time assholes. Every fucking overpass, there's a cop sitting there. You can't speed in the entire state. It is. I don't know. They got it on lockdown. Aren't they just waiting for Urban Meyer to get an autograph from? Isn't that why they're there? Well, if you want to get an autograph from Urban Meyer, you better be wearing a mini skirt. Who wears short shorts? We wear short shorts. Yeah, with some bills popping out. And you but, better not look like you're from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking at the injury report, because obviously the key to Cleveland winning uh, lies within their the running backs, right? Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, the leads the league in yardage. However, Cleveland is going to be without uh, tight end David Njoku, who suffered a high ankle sprain last week. But they're also their second string tight end, Farrell Brown, is in concussion protocol and listed as questionable. So you're not going to be able to do a big double tight end set to make room for those running backs that we just mentioned. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, for them to run the ball. But the Browns have won the past four meetings and seven of the past eight in this series. And in doing so, holding the Bengals to 20 points or less in five of those eight matches. And as I say, Chubb's averaging career best 5.9 yards per carry. Uh, The Bengals are allowing 4.6 yards per carry. So something's got to give there. Um, I love them at three and a half, at plus three and a half, but I'm still going to take the Browns at home in prime time at plus three. See, Nick Chubb, if it was just Nick Chubb, I would be like, yeah, okay, they can win the games. But they're so prone to mistakes, the Browns franchise. They play very undisciplined football. I don't like them here. I was actually going to take them with the hook on there, but with the hook off of it, I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to cover this one. I think Joe Burrow is uh, back on track, and even without Jamar Chase, he's still got plenty of weapons. Yeah, there's just something that rubs me the wrong way about that matchup. Um, I know that their their offensive line is incredibly upgraded from what it was last year, but I, I think that they can put some pressure on Burrow, and he's not going to throw 360 
plus yards like he did last week. They're going to see the defense is why I'm choosing Cincinnati because the Cleveland Browns have not been playing good defense as much as they used to. It's not a used to league. It's what are you doing now? And 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 this sample size that we have for this whole season, it hasn't been their offense letting them down. It's the defense. Dude, do you know how much it pains me to pick the Packers and the Browns in the same week? Yeah, well, it's your bankroll, buddy. It's my bankroll. It's, hey, hey, we got a lot of paying listeners, Maddie. We, we we owe them the best. I give them the best. Then why are you picking the Browns, man? I'm taking the three points. Yeah. I'm putting them in my back pocket. That's great. I'm taking the Bengals, and I'll take the money that I win from that and put that in my back pocket. You enjoy those points. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Bye, you worthless hunk of junk. And now it's time for the teaser, where we give you a six-point teaser that we each like for the weekend. Andy, what are you liking this week? Well, I'm, again, this one is sort of a hold-your-nose special, but Houston has been keeping things close all season long, and they're going up a Titans team that's not putting a lot of points on the board. So I'm going to take Houston from 2.5 to plus 8.5, low total of 40.5. And for the second leg of my teaser, I'm also going to look to a game that has a very low total. And that would be the Indianapolis Colts, who now have moved along from Matt, Matty Ice. And I'm actually going to take Washington from plus three to plus nine. They looked pretty good last week, and I think they're going to keep rolling with Heineke. So, yeah, again, low total. I know they're on the road, but I'm going to go with Washington for the second leg of my teaser. Well, Andy, you've heard of the Philly special, right? I have indeed. This is the New York special. I'm getting all... I have never been able to do a New York special because the Jets and Giants have never really piqued my interest for... Well, not for the last decade, anyway. But they haven't. Not at the same time, anyway. Now, the first leg of my teaser, New England heading into the Jets... Uh, I want to take the Jets from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half, going through the key numbers of three and seven. And the Jets are at home. I like them even if they don't win. Now, I've taken them on the money line, but even if they don't win on the money line, I can definitely see them keeping it to within eight and a half. Uh, the second leg of my teaser, I'm going to Seattle where the New York Giants go to town. I'm going to take the G-Men as road dogs from plus three to plus nine. Uh, even if Seattle wins, they have a really shitty defense. Um, it's better than it has been, but rushing-wise, I could see New York keeping the ball control going and keeping the game tight. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to Week 8 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all Week 8 games across the NFL. So from the Costa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, 
probably a Packers fan, in which case you should share it with two family members. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, representing for that purple gang. Now let's go get the ring. Better gear up. This our year. Everybody stand up. Ready, everybody in the purple nation. Show them horns we fired up. Better than ever. We've been through too much. About to flex because you know we're too strong. Pick up the pieces. You better believe that we're coming in hot with the full head of steam. 22 to Hitman. He's got it down on lock. Number 14 digging deep. Number 8 will hit the spot. Adam Thiel and Kyle Rudolph gonna take us to the top. Got the defense of the year. Had they never gonna stop. Yeah. Don't even care what the critics say. Filled with doubts but making statements. Miracles we making plays. Cruising the bomb like we in the basement. Hate no debate that we ready for the playoffs. Everybody about to see we go and take off. Waiting to shoot long to be one of the greatest. Ready to take it the greatest of stages. This is for the team we call the Purple Gang. This is do or die. We give them everything. This is for the fans that bleed that Vikings purple. Coming for a Super Bowl 50. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings. Representing for that Purple Gang. Now let's go get the ring. Pack away them cheeseheads. You know they'll never beat us. Chicago cannot bear it because they see in that we feel it. Detroit just keeps on lying because they know we're even near us. So they gonna run the north. Doesn't matter how they see us. Created a monster. The eaters are back. Griffin and Hunter keep stacking the sacks. 55 is raising the bar. Kendrick's meet at the quarterback. Dalvin is cooking up on the attack. Zimmy is calling the play for the snap. Running and running. He's breaking the gap. Reaching the zone and he's hearing the chance. Goal. This is for the team we call the Purple Gang. This is do or die. We give them everything. This is for the fans. That bleed that Vikings purple Coming for a Super Bowl 50 Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings